Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hip Hop Hype Podcast with your host, Sonny Drizzle and Young Dev. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hype Podcast. This is episode one, Future and Freddie. Super excited to get it popping with you guys. Uh, your host, myself, Sonny Drizzle, and uh, also like to introduce co-host Young Dell. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Interesting times. They really are, and thankfully this is not a political podcast, so we don't have to get too crazy with all of that. But, uh, you know, we're here to talk music. Specifically, uh, looking at all kinds of new releases, both mainstream and uh, some of that underground, under-the-radar type stuff. But first and foremost, just a little bit about ourselves. Um, we go way back. Uh, you want to tell these guys where we met? You remember? Uh, of course I remember. Man, it had to have been uh, those blue polo shirts and still drums. <laughs> uh, man, I forgot about those. We had the little uh, the dolphin moniker sewed on them and stuff. Absolutely, man. That would have been sixth grade. Sixth grade. Yeah. What did you play? Did you play lead pan? Uh, I was on the drum set, and I learned a little bit of that lead pan over time. Okay. I I know we both started some musical journeys before that, but I think that was probably where things really kind of took off for us trying to discover new stuff and and both playing and listening. So that's absolutely. Several decades ago, but uh, for sure was a formative experience. I mean, honestly, it's kind of tight to say you're still like best friends with somebody from uh, like middle school band. Not too many people can say that. This is also true. I mean, I remember you you did a little bit of the marching band, but then you got you got too cool for that. Yeah, had to go focus on the sports, and uh, you know, marching band was cool though. There was, uh, you know. The, the cheerleaders and the dancers were all right. That, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, high school. Yeah, man. Shenley High, we had, a, we had that very diverse sort of urban vibe that just, uh, you know, was a melting pot. And I, I think that was where I learned a lot about hip hop, honestly, was around like high school time uh, when I first started to get into it. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I remember maybe... Around my 18th birthday, I had one of my homies. He made me 18 CDs. And I remember um, one of the CDs he made me was uh, KRS-One. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, um, and then even there was Things Fall Apart. Yeah. Yo, sidebar, but like the KRS-One and The Roots, probably two of the best live hip-hop performances I've ever seen. Your your friend did it right for you. Yeah. And I think from there, you know, everything, even from the music that I'm making now, like me and Sunny Drizzle, we make music together. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So, you know, there's just a deep appreciation for the culture. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this. It's just another outlet for us to express ourselves. Absolutely. There's, you know, there's so much great music out there to share. And I, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I personally find it kind of frustrating and hard sometimes to like, locate all the different information, because there's so much out there. And it feels like a slog kind of, you know, sifting through the internet and all these different reviews and shit. So I think it's kind of the, the point here is to have some cool discussions and also open it up to where people can, uh, you know, just listen in and get some recommendations for stuff they might not have heard of, or maybe just get some fresh perspective on stuff that they are listening to. Definitely. And I mean, you and me have some very, very eclectic tastes and styles. Uh, we don't agree on everything for sure, as we will find out very soon. But uh, I mean, you know, coming up from like jazz band and marching band and sort of this classical training to then transferring it over to all kinds of, you know, like indie rock and underground hip hop and, and everything else. Uh, we, we've we've listened to a lot we've played a lot of different styles so i think uh this will be some good education for both of us to uh to talk about here so any other things you want to add to the people before we get into our little format here no this is just enjoy the dialogue the back and forth and 
I hope everyone listening to this will enjoy enjoy our show. Dope. So uh, basically here, what we're going to be doing, our format is uh, we're going to talk about one new release uh, from the mainstream vibes, one that's kind of a little more underground, not necessarily like way, way underground. Like, yeah, a lot of people have heard of them, but like they're not going to necessarily be the ones on the radio or top of the charts, you know? So don't freak out if your favorite underground artist gets mentioned and you're like, oh, they're not underground. Like, we're, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying they're not like on everybody's, you know, tongue. I'll, these are people that you, you might ask 10 people and half of them wouldn't know who they were. So anyway, this episode, uh, we're going to be looking at Future, his new album, High Off Life. And then also uh, my boy, Freddie Gibbs, Gangster Gibbs with Alfredo. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the sonics just analyzing some of the creativity, the different instrumentation, production, what we thought about some of the lyrics and delivery, talk about some tracks we liked or did not, and then just kind of some overall vibes and takeaways and maybe a final score, one to 10, how you might compare it to some of their other projects. Um, and yeah, at the end, uh, we'll have some other shit to talk about too. But for now, uh, I'm going to make Young Dell real mad here by talking about future. Uh, <laughs> So, so this man, he, ju- he dropped another album. He just had one back in, I think it was January. Uh, he, he puts them out, like, prolifically. He really does. He's uh, one of the he, hardest working rappers uh, yeah. that's come out the South. Facts. Exactly. Like, say what you will about his music, but the guy, super consistent. Like, you always know what you're getting with his projects, and he puts them out, like, on a very consistent, regular basis. You know, my initial impressions, I would say, with Future, you're getting big, bold, boisterous, like like loud, cocky lines. I thought this project had also a lot of kind of catchy little ad-libs. Some interesting, a little more like jaded, introspective lyrics, which, you know, people don't necessarily usually think of Future in lyricism, but there is some of that, I think. And honestly, I, I find it to have sort of a, uh, a lot of the songs have like a hypnotic kind of feel to them. Uh, so I personally, I will preface this by saying like, I'm not saying this is an amazing album, but I did think it was pretty good. Uh, in my opinion, a little bit drawn out, a little bit too long, a little bit too samey and predictable, but at the same time, like you can't criticize him for being predictable and samey without also mentioning that he is very consistent. Like he's not gonna ever put out something that is completely whack or like not what you were expecting. I I agree with that. Um, I would say certainly his beat selection production heavily carries his style. Future has his lane, and he knows how to stay in that lane. And he Correct. doesn't he doesn't swerve out of it. Um, but I also think that is a weakness, you know. Yeah, that's it's a blessing and a curse. You're right. I would personally like to see, I mean, you know, he does his features with, you know, Drake and he, he is commercially successful. I mean, there, there is a formula and I think future would be the first one to tell you I'm doing this shit for the money. <laughs> I, I know what I know. You know. Yeah. I mean, he basically confesses some of that shit and the lyrics in basically every album he's put out. So. Right. But, um, for me, the the whole pill popping, uh, you know, tripping, yeah, type of mumble rapping, it just it doesn't do for me. It never has, and probably never will, because it just to me, it's just it's formulaic, it's commercialized. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, he does have the number one album, and mad props for that. And the the other thing is like he he kind of to me in a lot of ways is sort of like the the godfather of that of that trap rap. Oh no no or, no! I mean not not old school trap, but we're talking like the mumble trap type okay. you know, that thing. Because we got to pay homage to Ti. Exactly, I was gonna say not like straight up trap, but like when you get that more uh, like you were saying like the druggy trippy like that uh, kind of weird uh, you know heavy dark trap sound. And a lot of the stuff about, you know, uh, you, you can't talk about future without Molly Percocet and all that. <laughs> so, I, I would say, I mean, 
I think he is probably the most clearly enunciated mumble rapper out of all of them, though. He's like spawned so many copycats and, you know, young guns that are trying to do the same thing. But I think he does it better. And I think you can actually st understand, like, what the fuck he is saying most of the time. E yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes not quite, but. In my opinion, I mean, you know, Lil Baby, I, I think he, out of all the mumble rappers, I. I can actually understand what he's saying. Okay, well, there is uh, there's a little baby uh, feature on this album later we can talk about. Okay. Um, but yet, I, I could see that. Um, so let's let's jump into some of the tracks here. We could start just, I mean, I know you probably hated listening to this, so you were like, I'll listen to this like once, maybe twice, and like skip some of it because I can't take it. Is that about, is that about right? All right, so confession time here did you actually listen to this shit i did listen to it um probably three tracks because problem number one for me it was too long 20 tracks 20 21 i believe oh, 21 yeah that was one of my takeaways is you could cut a lot of fat right 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 i mean again for me the production carries future always has always will um, I, I could agree with that in, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I, after a couple uh, tracks that I listened to and even um, what's the name of his current uh, single out with Drake? Um, He's got two. The one, Life is Good is the one featuring right. just Drake. I honestly thought that song was kind of boring, a little bit meh. Wow. You were liking that one? No, I love that track. And, and again, it's probably because of that formula of just always hearing it on the radio. I mean, yeah. that, that beat, you know, Drake's part, you know, that slow. I wonder who produced that first part. Maybe Boy Wanda. Or... Oh, you know what? Mm -hmm. So there, there's a Life is Good and then there's a Life is Good remix to close. So like. But you know how it's two parts. Yeah. And the part where he where future comes in, I mean, the beat just slaps. It yeah. Absolutely. I, I would I would say like the, the high point of this album without a doubt is the production. I got a lot of songs where I was just like, wow, that is like a very original sounding trap beat. Like as original as trap can sound, because it does a lot of the songs that I skipped through or I mean that I now that I've heard the album a bunch, I start to skip, it's like it's because that song sounded exactly the same, but some of them are just straight bangers. Like, like you said, they, they hit at all the right moments with the lyrics and the drops and the pauses and everything. Oh, for sure. But uh, I think I'm going to let you get into some of your favorite tracks. Uh, True, because I, I know I could probably talk a little bit more uh, having listened to this more. Uh, the opener, Trapped in the Sun, I thought was all right. Uh, I thought it was a little bit low energy for me for an opener. So like, I've started skipping that one, honestly. And that's also more so because the next song, High Tech Tech, is probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, that is much more of like a, a banger. And, and you, you also get like Future in a complete like nutshell with his the, the lyrics. Uh, he, he goes, Perky, Medics, Head from Becky, Gold Baghettis, Gold Prezi. I'd be down in Houston like Kareem. I'm a rocket. Drank the drink and popped a couple of beans. Now I'm cocky. That's that is straight up. That's just future telling you what their entire album and what his entire like fucking catalog is. You know, like that's the whole disc discography in like one line. Which, as somebody who likes to have a couple drinks and you know turn up the music real loud and get kind of cocky about it, like I, I can feel that. And th there's a time and a place for this album. The time and place is when you're getting like turned up. So that's either like in the gym or in a loud party setting or, or when you're like rolling down your windows in your car. It is definitely not the kind of thing you want to like sit around and like chill and listen to. Right. I mean, with all this social distancing going on, ain't no one getting turned up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're driving down the street. Oh, you're, you're not going to play this on the Zoom call? <laughs> a little Zoom party? Maybe. Uh, nah, nah, yeah, nah, nah. I mean, I, I know you won't have to listen to this ever again, so lucky you. I do, I mean, aside from that, those first couple of songs, I really liked Riding Striker, had a kind of original, ma like, mandolin-style beat. Um, There was, what else? I really liked, uh, I liked Harlem Shake, 
that had like a very cool kind of Asian sitar or guitar type thing. Had Young Thug uh, as a guest on that. I noticed a couple of songs that production was different than his like Future's normal sort of trap lane that we talked about, where he has to me like a more like new school Southern type sound. It's like that uh, that sing song type of vibe, kind of like I don't know if you you fuck with like uh, Young Boy or like Rod Wave or even Lil Baby, and you know how they kind of do a lot of that melodic uh, like sad boy singy rap type shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, pain rap or whatever what you want to call it. <laughs> Struggle rap. Yeah, basically. Which I thought was weird. I was like, is Future, is he just trying to like sort of branch over to those fans of that, like the, the younger kids in that genre? Or was he just trying to change up his sound for the sake of it? It felt like a couple of those songs didn't quite fit the rest of his like, you know, rolling down the street and like a tank dripping, like just drinking some sort of hallucinogenic substance you know right and again future just needs to stay in his lane you know there is nothing melodic about his voice right so for him to try and do that bouncy sing-songy like a for me uh, a roddy rich um yeah the box or even any of his you know tracks like mm-hmm. he and young thug you know they they do that well and that's the new wave. Yeah. And I think crossover type shit. Right. And I, I think future, you know, it might, it might be time to hang up. This might be <laughs> your, uh, your blueprint, blueprint three or not. Oh, excuse me. Not blueprint three. <laughs> There's probably a blueprint new. seven by now. Right. No, this might be <laughs> your, um, uh, your four, four, four. Ah, yeah. See, that's a whole other album to talk about, but Hey, um, <laughs> Future episodes. Yeah, I do. I felt like he, you know, he did his thing, but a couple of those songs, he kind of got like outshined by the the guests that were on there. Like the song All Bad, like it's a very new wavy song. It's That features uh, Lil Uzi Vert. It's a very like cool collaboration. It sounds way different than most of those like drippy trap songs. But again, it sounds more like Future is almost like a featured rapper on Uzi's song rather than like the other way around. I mean, when you have 20 tracks, yeah, that might that might happen. But um, in my opinion, you should never let another rapper outshine you on your own shit. Yeah. When Eminem, Barry J, I mean, not buried, but like, you know, just had the harder verse. Yes. Uh-oh. Not buried, bodied. We'll say he got bodied. Not even bodied, because I don't think they were, you know, they weren't going at each other. You know, they're just whoever had the dopest verse. And I think, right. I mean, you know how that is. People talk like who had the harder verse. Like, yeah. Right. It's not, they weren't competing, but honestly, all MCs are competing like all the time. Like, anytime you spit, like, it's a competition. Which um, brings me to my next point. I mean, how are you going to let Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> shine shine on you well see this is where we would start disagreeing again because we could talk about Lil uzi's latest album i also really like but then again i'm the i'm that dude who can listen to the old shit and then also bop around to the new stuff i know you're more of the uh get off my lawn i'm gonna put some 1990s stuff on oh man Nas, jay-z yeah i need you need some of them old cats even in 2020 but, oh, don't um, get don't get me wrong. Like I I grew up with those same motherfuckers. Like you and know, I love that old stuff. It's just I don't know. I, I can I can mess around a little bit more with some of this new stuff than than most people, I suppose. I mean, I'm young, little, at, I'm young at heart. Didn't Lil Uzi Vert have that uh, a new track that sampled the Backstreet Boys? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, yeah, some you of his stuff. I I know, I know. But how else are you gonna get all those white girls to listen to you? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's his thing. I mean, like that's what's up. If that gets, uh, if that again, these are paper chasers. Yes. Uh, if we're talking bars, for me, bars matter, and that's why, you know, once we get to this Freddie section, yeah, might hear me chirp up a little bit more. And and we will shortly hear. I have some final impressions in a second, but to to your point, it did. In my final listens through, I, I'm I listened to Future first. And then I was checking out Freddie after, and I was very blown away by like the difference in the bars. Like 
not only the the delivery but like the sheer like volume and like depth of the lyrics was like big time difference so uh yeah future no one no one's saying future uh you know is like some sort of lyrical genius i do think if he sticks in his lane i'll continue to listen to his projects because like this this stuff gets me turned up when i'm lifting or when i'm on a run or when i just want to fucking stunt on somebody like future mm-hmm. does make you feel like you're wearing a bulletproof vest um i think it was a pretty solid project unfortunately some very mediocre songs and some that were straight up like skippable like i don't want to hear it 21 tracks way too many uh as always in all things in life i like to preach quality over quantity amen uh i guess future could tell me to shut the fuck up because of the quantity of his money <laughs> um check his net worth it's, it's sitting around 40 mil there you, there you have it so if if i were to give this a rating uh well first of all what would you give this out of 10 um and honestly i, I probably could have given it uh more of a listen but i'm a little bit biased because of who future is uh, then rate rate future out of 10 then right and just even compared to his other projects um no i'd probably give it an honestly a six out of ten interesting that is also what i had i had a six out of ten wow set i had a seven if you were working out or going to like rob a bank but like if you're <laughs> on the other on the flip side if you're in like a bad mood or if you just wanted to like chill out and like relax that's probably more like a five out of ten uh it's just like this is a very like it's a time and place kind of piece so oh for sure and comparing it to his other albums like honestly if you cut out some of those songs with the like features that had some like cool but like diff- different sounding production like we were talking about mm-hmm. it honest it sounds like every other album which is both like a cool th- i mean it's nice that he's that consistent but at the same time you know it's a little samey it gets a little boring a little repetitive so we'll, we'll settle on six out of ten and we can move on to what you're really excited about yes sir i i personally am pretty hyped up as well that would be uh Freddy and the Alchemist with uh, Alfredo, which I just learned this today, but apparently Alfredo's title is because they combined Alchemist and Freddy into like Alfredi, you know, Alfredo. You know what that term is called? Uh, tell me. Portamentau. I would not have fucking known that. Never heard that word in my life. Yeah. When you- I bet most of you motherfuckers haven't heard that before. What, what the hell? Port- Portamentau? when you combine two two words to make one word um, like when everyone's always a uh, ship in the hollywood people with the celebrities like the uh they make the couple names and they put them together right yeah it's kind of <laughs> yeah something like that so like uh, brangelina alfredo portamental like verizon is uh veritas and horizon combined so really means true horizon but combined horizon really means i'll take your money and not give you quality service (laughs) i got four bars no i'm just playing verizon's all right uh shout out to verizon you can sponsor us honestly though comcast that 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 was some butt service uh (laughs) verizon all day if you're shopping around guys (laughs) it's that it's actually it's, it's actually pretty good but um Let's see here. This is their second project together, technically, because they worked together uh, on Fetty back in 2018, and that one was a, like a co-project with Currency. You listen to that one? No, I, I didn't get a chance. Oh, man, if you haven't heard, I mean, if you fuck with this, you'll definitely fuck with that one as well. You ever listen to much Currency at all or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I do like Currency. I've I've seen both him and Freddie live, and honestly, th- those are two of the best pound for pound bar spitters you you could see live in a concert. They don't do any of that bullshit where they're like, uh, you know, pointing the mic out to the crowd, letting them sing the whole thing while they take you know take the song off. Uh, they they don't have like the backup tracks, the backup vocals behind, just doing all the work for them. They actually like acapella like live. You know, they they go in. We saw that show together in uh, in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, the first time uh, I saw Freddie was with you, right? Maybe two, two, three, three years ago. Uh, yeah, Mr. Small's over in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. What did you think of that show? That was after his uh, Shadow of a Doubt album, I think. 
Right. Um, you know, obviously the track never fucking up the count. Yes. Yes. You know, if you watch The Wire, <laughs> huh. that that track resonates with you. I mean, he's he's just a bar spitter. And, yeah. You know, like just obviously growing up in Gary, Indiana, anyone who who comes out of Gary, Indiana is tough as nails. Exactly. And you know, even I guess it's probably a good segue into uh, the first track. Yeah. 1985. Yes, sir. Which uh, pays pay homage to Michael Jordan, you know, Gary, Indiana. He's got a lot of bars on Jordan. Oh, for sure. And I, I think even, obviously, this track was probably recorded uh, during the release of Michael Jordan's documentary. Mm. Um, yeah, but mean, I've been meaning to see that. I hear it's good. I haven't seen that. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Definitely get on it. For sure. Okay, so he, he's all in on some sort of Jordan tribute, huh? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean, like, just even sonically, you know, you get this thundering electric guitar, you know. Uh, there's this subtle Rhodes playing and mm -hmm. just perfectly synced up with the bass. And, um, and he even drops some lyrics referencing Tiger King, too. Yeah, dude, I like that. He's, he's very modern with his references. Oh, absolutely. So, like, one of the verses I really fucked with, he was like, you niggas sweeter than Joe Exotic on, on a run like Assad, and so above the police. Yeah. Just so clever. What did you think of that first track? Oh, man, I, I loved it. Like, so, I mean, I'm a little biased because, like, to me, honestly, Freddie Gibbs is, is one of my top five current rappers like in the industry, and I think he's definitely one of the most like consistent. His voice is like a booming like Tupac style, like just like a towering like commanding delivery, and then he's just got this, I don't know, this like almost like a nineteen seventies nineteen eighties just like his persona like Freddie Kane, you know, that he's kind of like fine tuned in the last couple of years, I think, into just like. It's real, like, wavy, commanding, but, like, nonchalant dude who can just find pockets and beats. And, I mean, his, his stuff with Mad Lib has been great. If you heard, like, Pinata and Bandana. Yeah. I think Bandana was probably the one that really, really, really put him on, like, the global map. Like, he's, he's hard to argue as being underground anymore. Like, people are really starting to notice him because of Bandana. But we're talking Alfredo, of course. So... I mean, the point is, I think Madlib and The Alchemist have a lot of things in common as far as their their styles go with this kind of like analog, sometimes pretty, sometimes very soulful, like sampled slash live instrumentation thing going on. I wonder, maybe you know more than me. Do you know how much like of this stuff was produced uh, with samples versus like live instrumentation? You have any idea? Well, I know that Alchemist, just even in general, he is a non-computer, you know, um, you know, a lot of producers program their beats like on like a drum loop or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, Alchemist is a true, true crate digger. Right. And I, I love him for that. Cause like, I mean, you know this cause we collab a lot on music. I don't really do the whole, like, you know, plug things into an algorithm formula type of production. I, I like samples and I like live instruments looped in and played and that kind of shit. So Alchemist, um, I think it just gives more life to the music. Absolutely. I think that's why that type of beat production resonates more with me because there's, you know, in my opinion, just more, more work that goes into it. You know, anyone can sit down in front of a computer and just click or bass drum and a snare and a top but it really, really takes a gifted ear and mind. And even the genius of Alchemist, too. If you listen carefully throughout a lot of the tracks on Alfredo, mm -hmm. the bass, bass drum isn't heavy. The, the beats aren't heavy. No, no, they're subtle. And just really lets the sample itself yes. you know, carry it. And that's, you know, you combine that with Freddie's syncopated um, delivery. Just, yes. He he lets the beat breathe and that lets let, let that lets the rapper just glide on top of it. And it honestly sounds so, like you said, punchy and original, uh, compared, you know, compared to a lot of the music that's out. Because it's not it's not even necessarily your typical hip hop sound. Like 
get, getting back to, I mean, you'd ask me about track one, 1985. That's, uh, you know, it's got to be good because it's my birth year. What are you, 80? <laughs> you're 86, right? 86. Young Dell, Yangin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, coming out of the gate, like you said, such a, a, like a drippy guitar and that like whining soul sample. And then like, I, I love how he just kind of, Freddie announces himself. He, he just says like, I can smell the cane burning. And like, basically the whole rest of the album is just like, it's, it, he's no longer Gangster Gibbs. He's just become full on like Freddie Kane, which I don't, are you familiar with this like kind of comical persona he has going? Yeah, it's it, he's paying homage to like that 1980s Miami, right? <laughs> Did you see a couple of the music videos, like from some of those off of Bandana and stuff, where he's he's doing exactly that, like a Miami Vice style, like drug deals and things? No, nah, I didn't check on any of the videos, but I, I am familiar with <laughs> what he's trying to do there. It is funny as hell, honestly. He he, you gotta watch those because he he he'll like interact with these like other like Cuban gangsters, and they're just like bitching each other out and threatening each other, but in like this kind of subtly funny way. But it's like serious. I don't know how to describe it, but man, it's like you said. It's it is the Freddie Kane tribute to this kind of like golden era of like the cocaine heydays of the eighties is is very prevalent in everything he makes now. I think he realized like the same way Future was like, all right, this like. Molly Perkis that shit sells. Freddie was like, this like this cocaine shit sells. Like it is it it just is what he does. You know, he's not gonna talk about a lot of other things, but the way he does it is always it feels like it's always fresh and still hard hitting. Yeah, it's like even um Pusha T, it's like these guys who were heavily influenced by selling drugs. It's a good. It's a good uh, reference. Yeah, they they find so many creative ways and metaphors and punchlines to talk about that life, and even with Freddie. I mean, like his voice. You know, if I had to give a concrete like um, comparison, it's just yeah. it's cognac. You know, you you're mm. sipping on cognac. You know, yeah, you're smoking your black and mild. Yeah, it's like straight straight up Hennessy, right? Just like, oh, for sure. Yeah, and like pop, popped collar, you know, like the wide open V neck. Actually, that was that was like his uh his album cover a year ago on the album Freddy. I think it was just self titled Freddy. Mm-hmm. It's also a fantastic project, but like that, he's got this like nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties looking like Miami like open chest you know, pop collar suit and everything. It's like that whole vibe just emanates in everything he says. And like you said, his voice just kind of drips it. Absolutely. So what were some of the other tracks that you were? I mean, this, the nice thing about this project is it's 10 tracks. So we can actually talk about all of them and not lose our minds. Mm -hmm. Um, The second track, God is perfect. It's an interesting title. Um, I love the intro, a uh, very classic old school reference of just like microphone check one, two, Mike Checka. It's, you know, like it's almost like you're going back to like some boom bap days. And then Alchemist, I, I thought this beat sounded a lot like maybe sort of like a Wu Tang RZA type beat. Um, little bit of like some uh, like reverb and like sonic dissonance and some like twang to it, you know? Okay. What do you think of Scotty Beam? Scotty Beam, that one was gorgeous. That like slowed down like soul sample and kind of those like light lilting like bouncing keys over the top. Yeah, I think um, once Alchemist was done making that, he was like, "I got to get Rose yeah. on, on a track immediately." And you know, I was gonna say I love that feature. I don't. It's funny because I like I like Rick Ross and I don't I don't really like listening to his albums by themselves. But every time he's on a feature, he fucking kills it. And he feels like he just drops in perfectly with, you know, it's like you need. the He's like a, a piece of candy. Like you can only have so much. But when you have a couple, it's it's good. Absolutely. Uh, there was a lyric on that. Yeah, track. I had a lot. Yeah. What was what was your line? Because I got a line from there, too, that I liked. Yeah, I think it was one of the first things he said it was like, yeah. The revolution is the genocide. Yep, your execution will be televised. And again, I, I know this is not a political podcast, but it's just, yeah. it is relevant as to the backdrop of what's going on right now. To me, like Freddie, he's just cognizant 
of what what's going on around an American in general, in my opinion. And the funny thing, he doesn't really like talk too much overtly about any of that stuff, but he's still like you can tell he's based. Like he's he's got he's got some awareness, like you said. It's kind of fun. Like the lyric that I liked was shortly after that one you were talking about. He says, uh, castrating dudes and their feelings on their IGs will never let this industry demasculinize me. Mm. And at first I was like, demasculinize is not a fucking word. <laughs> like, should it be emasculate? But I mean, it, but it rhymes though. So, but the, like the, the message of that bar hit me pretty hard. Cause like, again, sort of in these times, it's like, everybody it feels like everybody's just offended by everything everyone's in their feelings on social media and on ig and all that you know just like instead of like taking a moment to think that people are just like immediately typing and posting like you know there's not a lot of like deep thoughts sometimes there's just a lot of like feelings and outrage and i mean it sounds like with that line like i'm not gonna let this industry you know demasculize me it's to his credit I mean, he's had lots of chances to sell out, you know, or to like become something he's not become soft or like change, change up. And he has stuck to his formula and his, you know, his message the, the whole way through his career. So, I mean, I thought that was a cool line and, and props to him for, you know, s sticking to something. He could have probably made a fuckload more money if he would have sold out, but his shit probably would have been whack. Is he is he independent? Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm sure by now he probably got signed somewhere that works for him, but like whatever, whatever he did, you can tell by the music he makes, like nobody in the A&R department is like telling him like, look, we need a hit. You got to change your, you got to work with, you got to go make a song with Lil Uzi or you got to like, you know, sing something or you got to change this up or maybe, oh, it's fun. So there's a there's a later line in uh one of the next songs Frank Lucas which is also maybe I can't it's probably my my favorite like hard hitting song on the album cuz it's it's straight heat it's like a real grimy bop and beat and they got Benny the Butcher as a as a collab as a feature on there but he's got uh he's got a line in there where it's uh my name cocaine they ain't going to put me in the nominees since Gangsta Gibbs brought back the bars I see a lot of me's to break down that bar yeah well, the my name cocaine. I'm like we said, like that. He's he is not shy about like that that trap talk and that that drug lifestyle and you know co coming up the way he did. He is so you know edgy and raw that like yeah, they probably won't put him in nominees for a lot of these like mainstream glitzy award shows, but. You know, like he said, since Gangsta Gibbs brought back the bars, because like I think that's a criticism of the industry. I think a lot, a lot of the dudes that are popular and that are getting nominated and selling more albums and shit, you know, they're not nearly as lyrical as Freddie is. He's saying once he brought back like that style of like hardcore, you know, like gangster rap, he sees a lot of me's. Uh, in other words, uh, you know, some copycats. I think he's trying to take credit for maybe like bringing gangster rap back, which. Is not necessarily wrong. No, I mean, who who else in this era, popular wise, could even be his contemporary? Right, like name name someone else harder who is nearly like as as mainstream as him, nearly as popular. That is, and I I don't think you can. I ain't got a clue. Yeah, so there you have it with that. Um, what did you? think about uh something to rap about was the next one i've i've so i bet this was your favorite song on the album personally uh, you know i don't remember that track oh man uh, so that was it had like super like dreamy down tempo like guitar production it was the one that features uh tyler the creator okay i, I vaguely vaguely remember it but not too that's the detail. That's funny because I thought I thought it would either would have been that one or the uh, maybe the Rick Ross one we talked about earlier, uh, the Scotty Beam because because they're similar in production styles of like that slowed down like uh, you know just kind of chopped up guitars that sound like they got summertime reverb shoved all the way inside. <laughs> now I'll definitely take another listen to it. 
Yeah, well, the next song was Baby Shit. I thought that was like a nice combo of like some sort of boom bap, but also like lo-fi kind of chill hop sounds. Um, nothing like standout, but like it was good. And then there was Babies and Fools. Um, I didn't really feel that one too much, to be honest. I thought the beat kind of the the beat kind of lulled me to sleep a little bit, and maybe I was just like, I don't know, it was starting to sound a little repetitive, even with Freddie's kind of like his cadence was kind of the same. No, I mean, actually, I like that track, and again, mm. it just speaks to the the genius of Alchemist. So, yeah, and I I know you like that sleepy stuff too. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a sleepy time right now. It is, and yeah, I mean, it was not a bad song. I thought it was pretty good, just not one of the stronger ones for me. But then it makes sense that you skipped to Skinny, uh, I want to say Skinny Shug. Is that supposed to be like Shug Knight? Because Shug Knight was fat? He was very fat. No, so Skinny Shug, I compared the sound of this like track. I was like, this sounds like something like an acid trip at sunset. Like, this is some weird, like, melodramatic, spiraling type of sound uh and the the way the the drums like you like we talked about you said uh alchemist does not make like heavy production he doesn't make like bangers he doesn't go very forward with his bass or his drums but he lets them kind of like just kind of wind along in the background and like drive the song and give room for the artist to speak instead so i mean i like the the, the plodding drums along the back i, I love that song what do you think no, I mean, I think this is one of his more introspective, introspective songs. Like, I think he had a lyric, I fuck a bitch, you fall in love, but I just want to be homies. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, yes, uh, can resonate with that. But like, he definitely, he projects this loner type of um, characteristic about him. But obviously, you know, even oh, someone lonely wants to be with someone. And I, I yeah. I can't remember. He had a, a specific lyric to that. I'm like, yeah. It's that paradox. Because he even has, I liked, it was a different song, but he had a line. Uh, oh, it was off Frank Lucas. He has a line that says, uh, tell all my hoes I love them, but I'm playing mind games. Then bitches after your last dollar, they take your last name. Wow. And like, so he's, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's lonely. He's red pilled as fuck. Like he's, he's, he knows like what he wants and he knows he's kind of like cursed to be alone, but he's cool with it. It's just, it does make for a little bit of like a somber kind of tone or it, it, it honestly it kind of humanizes the rest of his, like, I sell drugs and I'll kill you type shit. You know, at the end of the day, we just all want to be with someone, right? Exactly. It's it's funny how there's like little bits of like uh, that softness inside the uh, like the very very hard Gary Indiana exterior. <laughs> I'm in the Jackson Five. <laughs> oh man! So that leads to the last track, which was All Glass. Um, this one to me was like instantly recognizable as an Alchemist beat, mostly because I, I listened to a ton of Action Bronson. I really liked. Uh, a lot of the stuff that Alchemist and Bronson did together. And I, I was like, oh, this beat sounds like straight off of something they, they made. So I, I thought it was kind of sweet little like intervals in the beat where it would kind of drop in and out to give like little pauses between the bars, like a little bridge. But there was just, it wasn't silence, but it, was, it wasn't like just like a hook, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be like poppy or anything. It was very much like a, oh, let's just chill and let these weird ass sounds like go in the background for like 10 seconds. And then Freddie drops back in like right on the beat. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also the genius of Freddie. He can really, he gets so much in uh, lyrically and just keeps going like a machine gun. I love that because I was thinking, man, like this dude's delivery is, it sounds like a rapid fire bullet. Like you're right. It's, it's the machine gun delivery. And having seen it him like live multiple times, I can tell you, this dude, he fucking like chews up bars and spits them out like nobody I've ever seen. Like, and it is so, so rhythmic. It's it's perfectly timed. The guy's got like a metronome in his skull or something. It's just, it's really unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I just I hope he stays uh, busy making new stuff and collabing with these various producers. And I, yeah, in my opinion too, it's like. You really, you get a good album 
when it's just one producer. It feels that was my one of my notes was final impressions, man. Like he, it's such a cohesive feeling because of the one producer, uh, and it's a you know an iconic producer to boot. So, um, do you think he's gonna stay in this lane of this kind of like uh, lo-fi, grimy soul sampley type thing that he's been doing since you know p- with with Madlib and Alchemist, this like you know pinata bandana Alfredo style, or is he gonna go back to the the heavier, trappier kind of shit like he started out early. I mean, that's that's anyone's guess, but I mean, given the current his current album trends, I, I think yeah. we'll probably continue on the slow fi Maybe he might sing on a track or two. I mean, <laughs> who, yeah. who, who really knows? Um, and I'm glad he's definitely getting more exposure. And right, I think I saw him on NPR. I think. Honestly, with I think it was Bandana, man. I think that blew up uh, to the point where he really is starting to get like national recognition, which is very well deserved. To me, he's one of the most slept on rappers like in the whole fucking game. I'm always asking people like, "Yo, did you hear new Freddie?" And they're like, "Who the hell's Freddie?" Like they, so many people that claim to you know listen to hip hop don't know who Freddie Gibbs is, which is still so surprising to me. With all that said, how would you uh, rate the album? Yeah, so. 10, 10, 10 tracks was just about right. I could have actually, honestly, I would have liked a couple more. Um, I thought this was a really, you know, original and well put together piece. I would say this is easily an eight out of 10. Um, I don't, I don't think it's his best. Like I've, uh, it's hard to pick his best cause there's a couple I really love. But, you know, it's it's right up there. How how would you rate this? And then how would you compare this to, you know, some of his other albums? Where, where does it stand? Yeah, my, my rating's the same, 8 out of 10. Um, it's it's going to be really difficult to get a 10 out of 10. Yeah, because that's like the perfect album, you know? Like, that's, the, that's like the most amazing album ever is a 10. Like, like my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there you go. That's, that's a good example. Because, I mean, a wise man once said there's no such thing as a 10. There's just a bunch of nines and people's individual perspectives. You know, I, I, w- I wouldn't argue with you on the Dark Twisted Fantasy, but you're, you're right. So an, an 8 out of a 10, I think, is a very, very good score. Anyone out there who's like, oh, that's an 80%, that's a B. Like, no, fuck no. Like, a, a 5 out of 10 is, like, average pretty meh. A 10 out of 10 is like the best shit you have like heard in years. So eight, eight out of 10, very, very solid. Not necessarily mind-blowing, but like great project that everyone should definitely check out. Yeah, top tier, quality, rapping, producing. I mean, it's, it's a solid album. What would you uh, rate it? Um, or where would, you, where would you let that stand compared to some of his other work? Is it, is it your favorite by him or do you have a different one that's your favorite? It's going to be my favorite because I just, I love Alchemist, you know, uh, as, as a producer, like he, he's kind of like my mountaintop of, you know, really getting that, a good sample and just, again, subtle keys um, and just very minimalist. And, you know, I, for me as a listener, that resonates with me. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah. All right. I w- yeah. I don't think it's my top, top. I, I struggle to pick maybe another one, like maybe Bandana or maybe, uh, honestly, I thought Shadow of the Doubt, like you said, with like fucking up the count and stuff, like there is some amazing bangers back on those albums. So this one, I, yeah, we'll say top three, uh, super solid. And for sure, I think that's going to be getting a lot of attention in the coming weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, more exposure, NPR, Tiny Desk, uh, all the, the outlets are starting to write about him and, and put out stuff with him. So I think he's only going to keep growing. Word. All right. So before we uh, close up this episode, any random recommendations here? We want to think of uh, maybe one or two things you've been fucking with lately, something you've been listening to that you're feeling. Uh, it could be older, could be something brand new. Although, of course, we're going to talk about a lot of brand new stuff uh you know in the coming episodes so is there something you've been jamming to lately i mean just even keeping it with freddie gibbs Mm. uh, featured on um a track with use of days and tom mish yes fantastic 
Yeah. What's the um, name of that song again? It's it's blanking on me right now. Damn. Um, we gotta we gotta look that up honestly because that gonna, is like. I'm gonna look it up real quick. All right. Have some patience, guys, because this. So actually, I do think this will probably be one of the next albums we talk about as far as underground projects go. Um, it's called Night Rider. Yeah, Night Rider. That's it. So uh, Tom Mish, Yusef Days featuring uh, a verse by Freddie Gibbs. Check that out. Uh, the music video is actually really cool, too, if you're like checking it on YouTube or whatever. Um, but yeah, that that is a fantastic album. Good shout out. What about you? What you been fucking with? Well, I, I want to say, first of all, I'm pretty excited to to listen again. I've, I've already listened once, but Run the Jewels. I've been looking forward to that one coming out for a while. Uh, so my first listen through, I loved it. Um, that's another one we might get to talk about down the line. And then, uh, so I, I had a very nice late night listen. Lately, you know, with this lockdown and everything, it's given me a lot more time to uh, to like listen to music. Not not just listen, but like really listen. You know what I mean? Like the difference? Absolutely. Like, because most people, and myself included, music's usually background. It's, you know, you throw on music while you're doing some chores or working out or driving in your car or reading a book or whatever. But, like, to put on, you know, you throw on your Beats headphones, you turn down the lights, you pour yourself a strong drink. If, if you want to light something up, do your thing. And then, you know, you, you sit back and just press play and actually listen through. Um, I've really liked doing that lately. and. So I went back, I think it came out, I want to say two years ago, uh, the album Milky Way by Boz from Dreamville. Mm. Um, I think I, didn't I recommend that to you a while ago? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I re I re-listened to the whole thing. Like I said, with my eyes shut, you know, late at night and I was blown away by how good it was. Um, FKJ produced that track. Yeah, I actually am not sure. The The production was a strong point for me. It had all these cool, like, I don't know the exact word, but sort of like the all these like Afro beat, like underlying kind of rhythms. Did you pick up on a little bit of that when you listened to it? Yeah, and I, I think that's really even some of FKJ's signature. Okay, yeah, so you're probably right then. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the lyrics are dope. You know, if you're listening to anyone from Dreamville, you're probably getting something pretty good. Uh, so yeah, Boz Milky Way is a little bit of a throwback, but if you haven't checked that out yet, for sure. I mean, if you like J. Cole and that type of shit, like check out Boz Milky Way. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. All right, my dude. Well, that's about all we came to discuss this time around. You got any closing thoughts? Uh, stay safe. Uh, be well. And take this time to listen to a lot of good music. Mm. One love. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Well, that'll do it for episode one, Future and Freddy. Uh, thank you guys for listening in to the Hip Hop Hype podcast. And uh, make sure you check out the next episodes coming up. We got a lot more cool shit to discuss. All right. Peace, everybody, and stay safe.